Chad Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. I digress right at the very beginning. You heard tomorrow is the 1st of July. Happy end of financial year! How exciting for me this time of year is about as exciting as others might find, you know, um, what is it, December 31st? The new calendar year, new financial year. For me, I think it's even better. So exciting. All my new folders come out tomorrow. I love it. But that's not what you come here to hear about. Now, you may recall before Chad went on holidays, he began a winter mini-series called Word Up. And in that series, he was teaching us how to read the Bible. It went over two weeks, and the key points were from the vowels, A-E-I-O-U. Each vowel was a uh, a helpful hint for how we can read the, the Bible better. And within the I for intentional, he expanded that to also encompass devotional, topical, and chronological. You can listen again online. You can even watch the messages on YouTube. Now, this morning, we're going to go with another I. We're going to read intentionally and we're going to read topically basing ourselves primarily in only two stories with just little further snippets as we need to really pad out our understanding. And to reveal our topic, I need to admit, tell you, confess, I've been watching a bit more television of late. (laughs) The voice is on. What can I say? And I've noticed, as I'm watching more television, how sensational adverts are. (laughs) And especially the ones that tell you about an upcoming news story. The reporter is deliberately brief, and I'm certain they only give us just that little bit, that little sound bite, to pique our curiosity or maybe even to increase our outrage. This morning, we're going to imagine that our stories have made it to the news of the day. And the soundbite is, Jesus doesn't care. Please don't leave. Please keep listening. Jesus doesn't care. You've heard it here in church. And you know what? It hurts me to say it. I hope you're shocked. I hope you're surprised. I hope you're outraged. I hope you're a little bit curious now. Where is she going to go with this? We need to be very clear that Jesus does care. You know it. I know it. Jesus does care. We need to be very clear about that. Are we very clear, everybody? Jesus does care, even though I've called it, he doesn't. So our topical reading begins with the soundbite, Jesus doesn't care. Everybody, yes, he does. Yes, he does. does. 
And in our two stories, what's remarkable is we're going to hear this accusation come from the mouths of people who love Jesus. I'll be very brief with the first story because we're going to spend most of our time in the second one. The people who love Jesus in this first story are his disciples. We're going to be reading from Mark chapter 4. The verses will be on the screen in New King James. I know if you've got a phone, it's really, really fast, but we will just take a quarter of a moment for the page turners to find Mark chapter 4. And I can tell the page turners we're going to stay in the Gospels this morning, so you're not going to be flipping and flopping too very far. Mark chapter 4 and beginning in 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. It's my understanding that Jesus spoke to the multitudes. Oftentimes it was from a boat. Again, it's just my understanding that it seemed to help with voice projection, with the acoustics. So before the days of microphones, you wanted to talk to a lot of people, you did it from a boat. I'm really glad we have microphones nowadays. I suggest nowadays, we're the boats. We are the vessel that takes and speaks Jesus to the multitudes. And if you can imagine that, what happens to the boat next in this story is going to be even more interesting. Continuing, verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, sleeping on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, do you not care? And there's the paraphrase, making a statement out of a question. We've got our soundbite. Jesus doesn't care. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Don't forget that. Yes, he does. Now, perhaps my imagination is a little bit too active, but I can imagine this picture. I can see Jesus asleep. I don't know about the sterns, I don't know which part of the boat that is, but I can nevertheless picture Jesus asleep and his head is on the pillow. And then I can hear and imagine the disciples shaking him awake and shrieking because they have to be heard over the great windstorm. Jesus, we're going to die! Can't you see that? That's what you imagine when you read this story? They were scared. And undeniably, there is now water in the boat, and that wasn't there when Jesus fell asleep. (laughs) Jesus responds as he does in so many examples. He meets them right where they're at. He addresses right where they're at. And then he raises them to a higher understanding and response. And we see what he does in verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. Hey, chat can say word up. I can do peace in church, what? And the wind ceased 
and there was a great calm. I'm not sure what decade it was, but there was a time when passionate Christians rebuked everything. We made jokes that we rebuked until our rebukers were worn out. But I am struck by verse 39. Jesus rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea. To rebuke something, which means to forbid it, still has a place. The key is to rebuke the right thing. Jesus rebuked the cause. The boat, uh, pardon me, the waves, the waves were beating into the boat, which certainly would have seen the most immediate and pressing danger. But they were whipped up because of the great windstorm. Jesus had the presence of mind to ignore the commotion of the waves and addressed the cause. He stopped the cause, which was the great windstorm. And there was a great calm. I try to apply this in my prayer life. To not be distracted by the most attention-grabbing evidence and discern the cause. A really... Um, simple uh, example would be praying for headache pain to stop. Because headache pain is the most debilitating and crushing evidence ever, you know, right now, that's all I can think about. But maybe the cause of that headache would be better if I were to rebuke tension and tightness. Maybe that's why I've got the headache. So instead of being distracted by the symptoms or the circumstances of it, discern and address the cause, rebuke the cause. The main point in us reading this story very briefly was to see and hear people who love Jesus accuse him of not caring. Yes, he does. Fear is driving their mouths quite offensively, and I'm encouraged they didn't get struck by lightning. (laughs) Imagine that. Jesus just standing all innocent because there is a storm after all. Lightning happens in a storm, but no. No, no, no. Jesus resolves their physical fear by removing the very real danger. And reading on in your own time, you'll see that they then come to a deeper appreciation and awe of who Jesus is. We might speak or behave poorly and Jesus doesn't zap us with lightning. Isn't that good news? It's my experience that he spoils us with his consistent and unfailing and abundant love and goodness. Now yes, the word speaks of discipline, and the word speaks of pruning in love, in love. Circumstances don't move Jesus, people do. The media ensures we hear about circumstances and they can get us all riled up and reactive, but again, I've found if I can 
um, see beyond the circumstances and actually have compassion for the people that are in those circumstances, then my prayers feel more spirit-led and are always more effective. So we're reading topically this morning, and our topic is loved ones accusing Jesus of not caring. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So we're going to spend a bit longer in this next story, and then we'll finish up by sharing communion together. We're over now to Luke chapter 10. Again, just that little, little pause for our page turners. Got to respect everybody in the room. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, it happened as they went that he, and as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Lord, do you not care? And there's the news headline again. Jesus doesn't care. If this story was only a comparison of practical serving versus dedicated listening, I could well imagine Martha's logic. If they both serve, gets over quickly, they can both sit down. Both. They can both sit down. If she gets help, they both serve, they both do the preparations, then they can both listen more quickly. I can follow that logic. But we're going to look more closely at this encounter because I suggest this story is not primarily about serving versus listening. So the first thing I wonder when I look at this story is whether there's some sort of animosity or sibling rivalry going on between Martha and Mary. We're going to use headlines like that. <laughs> Are they not on speaking terms? Is that why Martha has gone to Jesus in the first place? She's not talking to Mary. I'll tell Jesus. Are they not on speaking terms? Wow. I haven't got any siblings, so I don't know if this is how they really behave. I'm just imagining. <laughs> Equally, you know what? Martha hasn't been discreet to tell on Mary. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. It's almost like she's telling tales. Right in front of Mary. I'm just going to bag all over you to Jesus. <laughs> so our topical reading needs to expand. We need to look at this relationship that Martha and Mary have got, I think, to each other and also their relationship with Jesus. We're going to look for comparisons and differences in their behaviour to better see what is usual for them. John 11 tells the story of Jesus raising their brother Lazarus from the death, and it lets us see more about their relationship. The whole chapter is a riveting read. I'm just going to highlight some points for you. 
If you are a page turner, you might want to get there ready. <laughs> but first, just some highlights. From John 11, Jesus considers Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus to be his dear friends. Together, Lazarus has died. Together, the sisters send word to Jesus. But once, it, once he's on his way, it's, it's Martha that goes out to meet Jesus. It's Martha who engages with Jesus in spiritual dialogue and even discusses the practicalities of a um, decaying body. Martha seems more proactive, but she ensures that Mary doesn't miss out. She quietly sends Mary to Jesus as well. So as I said, John 11 tells the story of Jesus raising their brother Lazarus from the death, which means, and this is why I get the microphone this morning, he died. <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you haven't read John 11 yet, you're ahead of it. But we're going to look at verses 21 and 22 in John 11. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, that is so good. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Verse 22, do you think that's a suggestion? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a fan of Martha. I don't know if that's come through just yet. <laughs> My brother's dead. But you're here now, so what's next? So good. We can learn from Martha. Don't give up just because your deadline has passed. Jesus missed it. Now there's another soundbite worthy of a news headline. Jesus missed it. He missed the opportunity to change reality in their time frame. But that shift doesn't restrict what happens next. He missed the opportunity to change reality in their time frame, but that doesn't restrict what happens next. Good. You've heard it before. Yeah. Delay is not denial. Yeah. Now we'll read verse 32, same chapter in John 11. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, that's all we need to know right now. Verse 21 by Martha. Verse 32 by Mary. Both of the sisters say exactly the same words to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They both say the same words. <coughs> Martha continues with a but. Mary cries. I suggest Martha is a practical person who feels, whereas Mary is a feeling person who acts. Going back 
to our story in Luke 10. Let's remember verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. (coughs) From our further reading, I think it's fair to say there isn't sibling rivalry or animosity between Martha and Mary. And we've seen again how their personalities influence their behaviour. The focus needn't be on judging which personality is better. We just acknowledge their personalities are different. The purpose of these banners on our wall are to state the DNA of this house. Within generations, it says in part, we esteem and encourage one another, placing priority on community. The one called Grace says in part, we celebrate unity, diversity and maturity as we participate in our shared purpose. The benefit of being in community is when we're comfortable to shine in the strengths we can offer. Knowing we're not strong in all areas and that's why we do life better together. That's why community is so good for us. Our giftings and personalities will see us shine in different areas. They're all essential areas. And Martha and Mary are different individuals Each were celebrating. Martha, a dear friend, has just accused Jesus of not caring. So what does he say? What does how does he respond in verse 41? We'll see. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Picture it. Picture the interaction in your mind. I can't even imagine that Martha stayed by Jesus after she had her rant to even see what his answer would be. So did she assume that she complained and Jesus would respond? He'd do what she asked. They're not married, so that doesn't happen. Um, (laughs) Did she think? I really should stick to my notes. Honestly, that wasn't there, I promise. (laughs) Did she think that Mary would get up out of guilt? She's just had her rant, and I'm sure she has just moved on. Just now it will be dealt with. One way or the other, now it's going to change. Because Jesus says, Martha, Martha. And it's not just this New King James translation. All the translations that I saw, Martha, Mark, twice he says his name. Is that because he actually has to get her attention? You are worried and troubled about many things. This is about more than getting a meal ready. Like the waves beating into the boat in our first story, Martha complaining she should be helped is the more obvious problem. But the cause 
is as Jesus responds, she's worried and troubled about many things. And Jesus' next words in verse 42 convince me. But one thing is needed. Martha is worried and troubled about many things. This is the contrast. He says, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. I suggest the comparison we're meant to notice in this story is not that of serving versus sitting, but that of many things versus one thing. So we're going to read a little bit more about Martha and Mary, this time from John 12. Just the first three verses. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And guess what happened? Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So what did we see here? Martha is still serving, and Mary is still not. <laughs> Each sister is sharing the strength of their personality and gifting in a way that benefits all in the house. If the point of our story in Luke 10 was Jesus convincing Martha that she should be sitting at his feet like Mary, then there's a whole lot of disobedience going on right here because Martha is still serving. Again, in our first story, remember those waves beating into the boat and the disciples thought they'd die. But Jesus went straight to the cause and rebuked the wind. He put the fanfare aside and addressed the cause. It's the same here in our story with Martha and Mary. Jesus makes no mention of serving or helping. He ignores the pity party and addresses the cause. Martha was worried and troubled about many things. Mary wasn't. Humor my imagination one last time. Martha and Mary share a home. I wonder if Lazarus was already showing signs of whatever it was that killed him a year or two later. Is that what Martha was worried about? Was she worried about her brother's health? That might be a stretch, who knows? But I do think it's fair to say whatever concerns were preoccupying Martha, it's very likely Mary could have been responding and reacting the same way. They share a home. I'm confident that what affects one or worries one, the potential was there for both of them to be feeling the same way. So was Martha worried about the future? And while Mary could have been, she had chosen 
to deliberately be present in the present. Verse 42 again. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. It's not a 10-step plan to recovery and wholeness. It's one thing. It's one thing, and Mary has got it down pat. The past cannot be changed. The future is subject to change. The present cannot be taken away from us. Be in the moment. Now that's a contemporary concept that Jesus was preaching and teaching way back here. Be in the moment. Martha could have been in the moment of preparations and serving, being a necessary contributor, but she was overshadowing that with concerns, worries and troubles, and they made her snippy and not a blessing to those that were around her. Being present in the moment doesn't always come naturally, but worries and troubles are terrible, terrible robbers of now. Worries and troubles can make us short-tempered and even critical. Thank God they can be taken away when we choose to let them go and make him the final authority. Confidence to let our worries and troubles go increases as we draw closer to him. Jack preached about this last week. As we learn about Jesus through our reading and listening, as we experience Jesus by giving him our time and attention, it becomes easier to let worries and troubles go. I heard something earlier in the year, which we've talked about a few times in Luke's Grow Group since then, how we can get caught up in the what-ifs of life. What if this happens? What if that happens? We need to change our language to even if. Even if this happens, oh, I, I know the word says this. Or even if that happens, well, I know Jesus doesn't change. Even if, even if these things might happen, Jesus is there. He hasn't run away. Even if this or that happens, Jesus is there. Like Martha with Jesus after Lazarus had died. Even though my brother is dead, now you're here, Jesus. What's next? That's how Martha thought and spoke after her encounter, after the main story in Luke 10. That's how Martha spoke after Jesus encourages her where she's at, reveals 
and addresses the cause of her complaining and rises her, he liberates her to a higher thinking and living. So, unlike the news headline, Jesus doesn't care, neither the disciples or Mary, Martha said that. They didn't say that. They questioned whether he cared. And uh, I still find that offensive, but at least they were honest and open to his help. They knew who to go to. Very, very clever. They knew who to go to. The disciples were in a panic. Martha was having a hissy fit. Jesus perceived the causes of their distress and didn't dismiss either of them for their outbursts. He made physical and emotional safety a reality for them because he does care. Yeah. He does care. Yeah. The absolute and undeniable proof that Jesus cares for us, for all humanity, is what we're about to remember as we share communion. Jesus said communion is a time to remember his death. We remember that he died in our place to take upon himself the full wrath of the Father for sin so that we could be assured of open, welcoming, loving arms from Father God. And prior to Jesus' death, he suffered completely so that we could completely know wholeness in all areas of our lives. Communion reminds us of the invitation Father God sends to each of us written in the blood of Jesus. That sounds a little bit creepy. But it means he laid everything on the line for us. He gave everything he had to give because he knew what little we could offer. Our good works aren't enough. And our bad works don't exclude us. What's important for us to give is our acceptance of the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Choose to believe. Accept the sacrifice <coughs> Jesus willingly gave for you. I invite you as we share communion together in a moment to listen. Perhaps you'll hear Jesus saying your name twice. <laughs> if it takes twice to get your attention. As he encourages you, he is the answer to all of your questions. Let him be Lord and Saviour in your life. Perhaps John 11 was John 11. Perhaps John 11 is still resonating in your heart. The deadline has passed. Lazarus was in the tomb. But now... Jesus has arrived and anything is possible. Mm 
as you partake of communion and remember Jesus' death, remember also what happened next, the resurrection. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.